The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, the power of water, Earth's human mission, and what we need to learn more about is water. Sharon Kleina Hour is a syndicated radio talk show in the United States of America. We are with Voice America, World Talk Radio, Green Talk Network, Apple iTunes, and syndicated also with CBS Radio. Today we have a really exciting guest, Alistair Morrison from Stockholm, Sweden. He is a Bachelor of Arts degree from in Engineering, a Master's degree in Hydrology, Environmental Management and Coordinator of Global Water Governance projects with the United Nations, and he's been all over the world. We're going to have a lot of fun with him. I want you to know this particular man, Alistair Morrison, is not a normal person. He has found that the crisis of water has got to be understood and educated. The environment is an issue of water and sanitation, and he's dedicating his life with others and traveling the world to understand what we need to have, and, do, and we'll do this together. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is the only radio talk show dedicated to life-threatening water wars, the global water and health crisis, interviews with global research leaders and health scientists from environmental people from all over the world. We do news reporting and education. We're studying dehydration diseases together, water access and sanitation, water, women, and children understanding the, the precious moment of life-giving water and how beautiful uh, that is all over the planet. We want you to come and listen each show and learn how we all can save a life together. And let's do it together, and there's no such thing as uh, we know enough. But the water issue is the only environment issue there should be. There's something in the National Geographic not too long ago, it's the issue of water. Barbara Kingslover said, We seem to be living in a new aqueous age. Water is the visible face. I call it the face in the mirror. I do. But she said, Water is the visible face of climate and climate change. Barbara wrote, The mother of water may have been taken for granted. Let's don't do that anymore. Let's join this show, save a life, Bring the world together. We've had the most exciting guests. The guests make this show. You come and listen, and when you learn something, you share it with what you're learning because there's only one environmental issue, water. Alistair, are you with us? I'm here. Welcome. Well, I want to thank you for joining us. Um, And where are you sitting today? Because recently you were in Zambai. 
I'm based at the Stockholm International Water Institute in Stockholm in Sweden, though mm -hmm. I travel internationally. We do a lot of work supporting governments to achieve the Water and Sanitation Millennium Development Goals, the MDGs. And as part of that work, I'm invited to various countries to help accelerate progress towards delivering water and sanitation. Mm -hmm. You know, when I've... Uh, uh, people are forgetting... Uh, isn't it strange how they took the water for granted? Maybe it's because as soon as life on Earth began, the water was there before they were, and the, uh, the issues of water along the way became misunderstood, not understood. Uh, we look over to uh, the desert conditions of, let's say, Iraq and, and uh, over in, uh, in uh, Yemen, Yemen and Pakistan, and, oh, right now, Alistair, what is going on in Pakistan where the waters are, the rains are coming down, the floods are coming yeah. up, and yet it's going over the top of a desert's conditions, and there was no uh, pathway. The water just took over. They need the water, but oh my, isn't it sad what is happening? They need the water, but guess what? Their lives are being lost because here came the water, and they had no way to preserve the water. Have you been to Pakistan to see anything at all, what is happening there yet? I've worked in similar emergencies. I mean, I was in the field in 2000 in Mozambique, and I worked for Concern, an Irish aid agency. We're providing water and sanitation facilities for people affected by so there was a huge flood that took place then. Um, one of the key risks to the people affected by such a flood is uh, poor sanitation and water diseases. If you have over 20 million people displaced. If you have outbreaks of cholera in camps, very serious situations can develop very rapidly and we really need to avoid serious mortality. And then the, and the latest report that you probably heard that was just heartbreaking, these wonderful human beings, these people, no different than you and I standing over there, living there, that's where we live, let's yeah. say, possibly. And then all of a sudden, the Al-Qaeda are saying, if anybody comes to try to, to do anything here, you could be shot. And these people probably even know what's going on. It can be really difficult. I mean, I've worked in conflict zones. I've, um, I know people whose aid workers have been killed in Afghanistan. It's very difficult working in these situations, and um, it can be a big constraint to actually delivering aid on the ground. Sometimes working through intermediaries can help, working through nationals who are trusted more perhaps than internationals. It's one thing to pledge the money. It's another to mean well. It's sometimes very challenging to actually deliver that work on the ground, but uh, nevertheless, we, we do need to do it. People have gotten so, like yourself, but... Many of our uh, people who go out, humanitarian concerns, people forget, Alistair, you're taking your life in your hands. You don't know. And yet we have to do that. We're like the warriors uh, uh, of, you know, in a prayer you can say, God, or whatever your faith is, uh, the, prayer is the, uh, is the uh, prayer is a weapon for our heroes, our people of going out and humanitarian helping others is the weapon is a, a prayers after prayer and deliver us from the problems and give those people what they need um and over in pakistan right now and, the, and i'm i'm going to get away from that in a minute and go forward to what we wanted to discuss today but it was fresh on my mind if what is happening is we're hearing that they're not they may not get 
the humanitarian aid that they need to, for what you were saying. Uh, make sure they have safe water, sanitation, help the diseased, save lives of the people who are subjected to these horrible floods and the lives that are being lost just because they're, uh, they're dying in the flood. But anyway, back to you. I wanted to ask you um, today, now tell us where you think the most important, let's just start out at the top, where is the most important concern that you've run into where water issues, water crisis, is, should, we should get, make newsworthy today? so people could learn about what is happening. Well, most of my work is related to achieving the Millennium Development Goals. These are, that's aiming to halve the number of people without access to basic water supply, basic sanitation globally. And this is one of UNDP's key targets. Um, around the world, we have uh, 1.1 billion people who have to defecate in the open. We have 2.6 billion people who do not have satisfactory sanitation. And we have almost a billion people who do not have access to improved water supply, just clean drinking water. These are under normal conditions, even without disasters. Right, even without a disaster. Even without a disaster. Everyday living. Everyday living, people do not have clean water and they have nowhere to go to the toilet. Right. You know, um, you, you do work with the, you're with the United Nations. Uh, I had on a, uh, a person from in, uh, England and an individual out of New York on one of our shows, and they were talking about how the women get up in the morning with the little girls. They put yes. their c- container on their shoulder, and they take off every day to go get what, what water supply they could bring back. Yes. Yes. And, you know, Alistair, I mentioned, I said, oh, my gosh, I bet it's exhausting and we got to talking about in other shows how these women are doing it with maybe a broken ankle or a broken arm or a back. Or, but all of a sudden you can imagine and the vision of the movie uh, that could be made is she falls down. And all of a sudden she has to yeah. go back again. Yeah. And then she comes back to her, to her home where she's at and she puts the water where it has to be, but it still isn't the water for the toilet, for the washing your hands. And that's why you say water and second, sanitation. People are forgetting around our world. They may not have, they don't have water, but they don't have proper sanitation to fight diseases. There's such risks. I mean, it's estimated that about 5 million people die each year from preventable diseases due to poor sanitation. And sometimes we're only talking basic pit latrines could save lives, just make mm-hmm. a healthy environment that people could... Um, avoid catching diseases in it, it's it's not uh, complicated engineering we're talking about it's not building large sewage structures um, simple simple toilets safe places hygienic close to the homes would save it's estimated up to five million lives a year mm-hmm. wouldn't that be exciting to get the word out you know I've got to tell you something I had a young man on in New Jersey here in the United States uh, and he was, his family originally were from India, and he'd gone to India with his family and came back, and he noticed that a lot of, there wasn't a lot of water, and, and not a lot of water. They didn't have proper water like he did. He didn't have enough and, yeah. in parts of India. And so he yeah. came back to his school, Alistair, and he said mm-hmm. to his school, can we raise $1,000 and we could build a tube well? And he started this with his school. They've done it with 14 others. 
and they it's a it's a narrower tube that goes down into the ground. They got that yep. where yep. some company would come in, it's probably an oil company with a proper rigging, and because yep. they know how to dig deeper, uh, because of their technology and and their. Building what's called a tube well, and the tube well would, of course, make a shallower water uh, volume come up. And can you imagine a young man? And he got the children and the student. Can you imagine all over the world? Let's just say we have a World Water Tube Day, and these children all over the world do it for water. And they say, let's raise enough money to send to wherever with the money that's necessary for a tube well. And yes. that's the beginning of a beginning. And who has more energy, Alastor, than these our children? Um, the children of the world are the perfect people of the world to me. You I know about roundabout pumps in, in southern Africa. They actually, children play on roundabouts, and they push the roundabouts around and around, and they uh-huh. have a great time. But at the same time, that roundabout uh, is pumping water up to the surface. Oh, isn't that... So the energy of kids, we all know how energetic young children can be playing, is actually providing their village with drinking water. And oh, that's an amazing oh, I idea. Like that. I like that. So the roundabout, give us a picture of what that looks like and what you've seen. What does that look like? Um, we have roundabouts in children's playgrounds, certainly in England. Um, it's, a, it's a sort of um, circular... We have to take a break, and we're going to come back in a minute, and you're going to paint the picture of what a roundabout is for the children that are bringing water to the surface as a, uh, probably as an exciting activity, but they're doing something for survival. Don't go away, Alistair. We're going to be right back. We're going to take a moment and we'll, with our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the method of moisturizing your eye with 100% pure tissue culture grade of water, with just a mist. We'll take a moment with our sponsor and we'll be right back. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Every day, men and women worldwide seek lasting love relationships. They submit their profiles to Internet dating services. Some find success, while many flounder in pursuit of lasting love. In Relationship Matters with Derek and Allison Young, you'll learn how certain mindsets and behaviors can either save relationships or sabotage them. Meeting people is only a part of the equation. Discover how you can find love that lasts. Relationship Matters is heard Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on World Talk Radio Variety. Did you make at least $1 million last year? What if we told you that using the power of the Internet, this could be achieved? Tune in to Mentored by Millionaires, featuring your host, Christy Sales. All of Christy's guests have done just that. Made over a million bucks last year, all on the Internet. They're willing to share their secrets so that you can be the next millionaire. You'll take away success tips, secrets, and strategies. Tune in every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. The chances are very high that you know a twin. More than two people in every 100 are born a twin or multiple. Society has sensationalized, revered, and even feared twinship. If you are a twin, want to be a twin, or have a twin within your close personal relationships, tune into Twin Talk with Dr. Mercy Runyon. 
you will learn about the mysteries and secrets shared between and about twins. These topics include stages of development, psychic experiences, health and relationships, Twin Talk, Fridays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. When we took our moment of that break, uh, you were telling us about a roundabout. So paint the picture in our minds of what children are doing for their activity with a roundabout. This was an idea which uses uh, the energy of children playing. They push this circular bench, really, around and around, and they jump on and off, and they play, and they run. But the energy, the spinning motion of this circular bench is connected to a tube well, and this pumps water from down in the aquifers underneath the village up into tanks to provide uh, clean water to the whole village, to their communities. So you have children playing, uh, simply provides water. And this is really useful in areas where perhaps there's no electricity supply or there's an unreliable energy supply. Um, mm-hmm. The energy of children provides everyone with clean drinking water. Isn't that... I, lo- I have never heard of that. And um, it's like a merry-go-round. A merry-go-round, that's It's like right. a merry-go-round, but it's got the benches on it. And they're... That's right. Okay. And so... And, and, and they're in, in, uh, underneath the roundabout, there's a... A friction that is doing something below there um, to bring that water up? Yes, it's just connected on hydrology. A, spir- a spiral down, down the drill bit. There's a spiral mechanism that just uh, pumps the water up. Oh, and uh, what countries is this happening? Southern Africa, I know quite a few countries in that region uh-huh. are installing these. Oh, that is, I like that. I like that. Wouldn't, oh, that is. Unbelievable. Now, can this be done any, in other parts of the world to help uh, their uh, villages and their places to, to maybe bring the water up so that the, fam- the, the little children can maybe go to school or the mothers can be not having to carry the water? Have you noticed, Alistair, it's usually the women yeah. carrying the water? It invariably is, I'm afraid so. Um, it's such a burden. I mean, people can be spending five to six hours a day time in which they could so much more usefully use for other for domestic tasks, uh, for education, for agriculture, for all, all sorts of things you could do at that time. And you're spending it just trudging back and forth, carrying water to drink, to wash, very heavy loads. As you said earlier, perhaps people are disabled. Perhaps you're in difficult you know, places subject to natural disasters or in conflict areas. It's even dangerous to go to these There's places. There's a thing, you know, in the National Geographic. Did you ever get the National Geographic where it is titled Water? Mm-hmm. Did you get that? I and then there that, it said, uh, if the millions of women who mm-hmm. ha- had hauled the water long distances have a faucet for their do- at their door, whole societies could be transformed. In other words, if the millions of women 
had at their door, a faucet, yeah. uh, societies could be saved and transformed. There's so huge benefits when you work out what people can do. I mean, that extra time, extra, the better hygiene, the lack of preventable diseases, the lower child mortality. And some countries are spending like 60% of their health budgets are going on just treating people who have water and sanitation diseases. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that money could be spent on treating other illnesses um, mm-hmm. or it could be a saving to, to, the, to the government. Can you imagine the money that we're raising all over the world for the environment? Can you imagine all of this money that goes to these different directions that they'd concentrate on a focus, solve one problem at a time? Number one should be water. That's right. Number one should be water. Sanitation in particular. I mean, there are huge environmental benefits to Mm -hmm. just preventing the pollution of watercourses. Mm-hmm. But it's also got an, eco- it's got an economic benefit, too. It's a win-win situation. It is a win-win. I mean, there's something like a nine-to-one return on a sanitation investment. Mm-hmm. If you, uh, just the amount of savings from health care, from better education, especially for girls staying in school, with there's decent sanitation at school. Mm-hmm. Um, if you avoid damage to fisheries, for example, if you keep your water courses clean. Tourism, mm-hmm. I mean, many developing countries have the rely on a lot of tourist income, but people don't come back if uh, beaches are dirty, if cities are dirty. So it's a huge economic and... Well, and the water diseases, if you, for example, I bet as much as you travel, you have to be so cautious that you don't know, you have to make sure you're drinking healthy water, clean water, because how many people do you know that went back home and had a, a disease or an illness because of the water? Uh, several of my colleagues have been to <coughs> countries in the Nile Basin, and we we joked with them, but we're, we're partly joking, but partly serious, that they really should not be drinking from that river. It's so many come back sick. Um, people are off work. There's a loss of, loss of productivity. They're unhealthy. All of this can be prevented. Right. Now tell us about what some of the accomplishments that you are making in different parts of the world that you're finding that people are now making this a very, uh, a very, very important focus. Uh, where, you know, a radio talk show like mine is the only one like it in the world, but there's so many people like yourself. Uh, there's World Vision. There's Living Waters out of Texas. There's, uh, there's uh, uh, groups all over the world concentrating on the issue. Um, tell us about some of the things you believe that are being accomplished. Well, at the moment, I'm coordinating a project in 12 countries around the world where the United Nations Development Program is helping governments. Um, we're scaling up achievements on the Millennium Development Goals, providing water and sanitation, but we're trying to help the national governments themselves strengthen their utilities, strengthen their delivery of water and sanitation services. So, for example, in Mali, we're supporting the government in 166 local councils to plan and budget and implement water and sanitation programs. So we're trying to go at a fairly strategic level and get the government to scale up its services and its utilities and strengthen its utilities. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in Liberia recently, and that country has... uh, its total budget for sanitation for a country of over 3 million people is all of $25,000 oh, total. My oh. uh-huh. 
there's a real need to scale up, invest, find national resources within the country, find international resources available to help countries like that who've got good policies in place but then need resources to actually implement and get uh, proper sanitation facilities, water facilities. You know, I'm going to back you you up. You were being very polite by saying they have good policies in place, but... You know, it's time that we decided on this planet Earth. And I was talking to the professor recently at Cunnicut, and we were saying, now you take yourself away from the planet Earth and look back at it as if you're out there in the solar system. Something we have to think about that he and I talked about, Alistair, and you will agree with your background. The planet Earth has water. The solar system, for some reason, we haven't found another water spot. So if you stand away from the planet Earth and you look at the planet Earth, you want it to be there forever, for all generations to live forever, it's time that we started noticing they don't have it in place if water is not a a priority in sanitation. I'm afraid for far too many people it's not a priority. I mean, we are trying to make it raise its profile because it's so important. Mm-hmm. I think in many countries, it, as you say, it's just taken for granted. Sometimes there's a, enough water around, like in Pakistan, but it's dirty water. Uh, people don't realize the, the risks of drinking dirty water and what happens to you. Sometimes some countries have good policies, but they're not implemented, or they're, you know, there could be transparency issues or... There's a lot of uh, discussion and talk, but then it's not followed up with actual action on the ground to provide services. So it's a very complicated uh, subject, and every country is different. Um, but we're, we're trying to identify with, with the government, with partners in country, what, what the specific problems that can be addressed quickly are and support the, the governments to actually implement solutions. And make it a priority. You know, we can all have our differences on this planet. All of us, I don't care. I learned long ago when I was studying for well over 30 years. But, you know, when you really respect uh, when a person wants to buy a painting, for example, and many other people don't like that painting. So everybody has a different outlook on what they want in their life. When a person is living where they are living, that's their home. That's That's their lifestyle. That's their everything for their life, their friends, their family, and, and they're there. Um, they have, the planet Earth is nature. It offered water from the beginning. And then all of a sudden you're finding out something went wrong. People didn't prioritize the water. They started making, things became confused to me. I, I watch it and I think, why couldn't they prioritize the most important life on Earth is in the water? It's so much easier to avoid problems than have to go back and solve them afterwards. I mean, I've worked in one country where there's huge amounts of pollution going into the rivers, and then I was working with a water department who was then having to spend lots of money to pump out and then abstract and then treat the water for drinking that had come out of those rivers. So if, if you had avoided the pollution in the first place, you're, it would have been so much easier to provide clean drinking water to everybody at the end of the day. It's fascinating because you just said something. Um, our forefathers of our planet had such visions 
They built pyramids. They came across oceans. They did many things. That look for how we're living today, many of us. I mean, we're living, um, looking back a hundred years, we're living unusually unique, that beyond probably what they visioned. They invented frying pans. They invented a lot of things. But they forgot something that was critical to the whole planet that they were working so hard for. And I'll give them credit for all that. They, they worked for this planet to be come together, come across the oceans, join hands, uh, look at all that we have together. But they forgot what brings us together. It's the water. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes situation... You don't even have to speak the language. Yeah. You, you know, you can... Yeah. Um, it's like I said to somebody, can you imagine the mirror in the water? When the first human being looked in the water and they started talking, and they thought that was really somebody talking to them because they didn't have a mirror, they didn't know what a mirror was. Well, we begin all over the world, the water. We're going to take a moment again, and we're going to be right back, and then we're going to have you take us to your classroom and teach us before this show is over what you think is going to bring us all together to understand why you believe the priority in the United Nations believes that the project should be concentrating on what the environment is, is the issues of water and sanitation. Alistair will be right back. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the only method of just of moisturizing your eyes. Did you know that your eyes, uh, at the surface of your eye, is a tear film? You have a lipid layer, an aqueous layer, which is your water layer, and uh, uh, connected to uh, with a mucin layer connected to your cornea. Did you know that you have your eyes must have 99% water at the surface of the eye when that eyelid is open? The eyes to be able to see and be healthy. It's the 99% water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only supplement with just a mist, all natural, no chemicals, no saline, with just a mist. We'll listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Sometimes it seems that life is just throwing you one obstacle after another. There are many people who have overcome or are overcoming their personal obstacles in order to succeed. Hear them talk about these barriers and how they overcame them on American Dreams, The Sky is the Limit, featuring host Jen Robertson. Jen herself overcame life struggles to become one of the most in-demand motivational speakers in the world today, as well as a best-selling author. Tune in to American Dreams, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. In Sue McDaniel's book, I Am Heart, she talks about feelings. Now, Sue is ready to bring her book, blogs, and topics of interest to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. I Am Heart will discuss concepts and ideas that affect all of us and will provide experts and solutions to help everyone. Sue, speaking through I Am Heart, will answer your questions, share your answers, and learn together with you. Each program will have topics you've suggested, homework to learn about yourself, and moments of connection. Tune in to I Am Heart, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on World Talk Radio Variety. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Alistair, when we took our moment of break, I said that I would hope you could teach us in the classroom and that we have the world listening. Mm. What do you believe is something that the world should listen from, from you, the, you, Alistair Morrison, and why you believe that this is so important to you and the people that you've met all over the world, that the issues are the crisis of water and sanitation. So you were, you're the professor. Okay, I mean, progress in water and sanitation would, would produce a tremendous leap forward in human development. It's probably the most critical of the Millennium Development Goals that uh, we, we were talking about people who couldn't get to school because they were carrying water. We were talking about 60% of government's health spending being spent on water and sanitation diseases. We were talking about 5 million people a year dying from preventable diseases. This is something which needs to, to change. It's not rocket science. It's very straightforward to technology that's needed. You know, but I, you heard, but I just heard you say that it's just absolutely the world should listen to. This is not rocket science. This is common sense to save lives. That's right. And the, it just needs a far higher political priority and some relatively modest investment will achieve these goals. Um, unfortunately, perhaps, because we have clean water in most developed countries, it's taken for granted, and we just don't realize that uh, people are walking six or seven hours a day under the sun to carry heavy loads of water back to their families. We just uh, forget that, perhaps, in the developed world. We don't fund that. We get distracted and put our resources, our development resources, in other areas. Um, there's lots of useful work to be done in other areas too, certainly. But uh, water sanitation is such a oh, number one. A basic number need, one should be basic water. need. Right, uh, and you know uh, the audience needs to hear from you uh, a side of your vision. You know, it's uh, over five thousand children die a day because of water. Uh, die a day because they don't have proper water. You probably have been in the areas where you're seeing children because of the health and diseases. They didn't have water and. In watching them uh, die, uh, with what you've seen out there in the world, I've seen, for example, I've worked in the conflict zone in Africa, and even the hospitals to treat people didn't have clean water supplies. Mm-hmm. But we were working as with an aid agency in this country to just put in basic water and sanitation simply to the hospital as your first priority before you. Um, can you, you imagine going to a hospital and finding they don't have clean water to, to do an operation on you? And no sanitation? No sanitation. What do you do? How do you keep patients clean? How do you, how do you keep the place healthy? I mean, it was... It was uh, I'm going to ask you, uh, it's not a rocket science uh, question even. I like, getting, I like the basics of life. I like common sense. I think it's the most yeah. exciting thing in the world is... Con- why do you think people are out there raising all this money for all these other reasons? Because uh, can you imagine the money that could be raised if they all had a priority, 
made a priority of water first, and then after they got that taken care of with sanitation, and then after that, they'd yes, be d- yeah. doing the nets for the bedding and uh, for, because of malaria and all these other things they do for uh, for people, which is so important. But if they would prioritize the common sense of water, sanitation, and then what comes third? What, I mean, what do you, you think about that? I wish it was a higher priority, and I, I wish... Some, sometimes I, I had a, a water supply cut in England. Um, then you suddenly realize how difficult it must be for everybody when, pe- when you suddenly have to carry water yourself a long distance and you realize how much time people are spending carrying water. Now, if you had that extra time, they could then look after their children better. They could make bed nets. They could clean the houses properly. There's such a huge saving that by providing water, you're actually also helping all these other development goals at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, there was a saying, I forgot who said it, um, that when the well goes dry, you learn very quickly the value of water. That's right, yes. Do you, In different you know parts that... of the United States now, Alistair, we yeah. have very serious problems in the United States. You know, there's water everywhere, but they haven't been uh, thinking about this long-term future. And uh, we have rivers that are supplying states. Uh, we have, uh, we have uh, droughts that are happening. Uh, we have no end of challenges with people getting bad water into locations. And, and th- there's huge challenges, even in a co- country like the United States. It, I'm sure you have those challenges in Sweden um, that maybe some areas of the country have not had thought it out enough and didn't prioritize. And without water, uh, the, everything comes to a standstill. You know the history of London, the great stink of the River Thames due to poor sanitation, but we only got the lawmakers to respond and to pay for sewers when the River Thames smelt so bad that they couldn't oh work in the houses of, House of Commons. Within the Parliament oh. building, the smell was so bad it, it had to get to that state before legislators actually took action and voted funds to re- put proper sanitation into a major city, into your capital city. Can you imagine that? No, and the reason why is because now we're learning that if the water is not clean, it puts a particular gas in the air that also begins to pollute everything around it. That's right. And enters the water supplies, there were cholera outbreaks... Instead of treating people after they're sick, prevent them getting sick in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, be proactive. I have a favorite word. Be proactive, word. absolutely. I, I, I like a word called proactive. Um, now, what, have you been to China and noticed what is happening there with their water? Yes, I have. I mean, China's made uh, huge progress on providing clean water to its population, and it's progressing on sanitation, too. Mm-hmm. So it's... In many ways, it's a development success story. Yeah, I guess they're trying to build. sanitation. Uh huh. They're really working at it, and they're wanting to build some more dams to be able to start another thinking of supply. Um, now, have you been to Japan to tell us a little bit about Japan and their water? Um, I haven't worked in Japan, but I, you know, I understand that countries like Japan, like South Korea, have made uh, tremendous progress in recent years and uh, there's almost uh, universal water coverage in those two countries. They're very, they do, I think from what I've understood, uh, they're making it a priority. They're That's water. right. Yeah. yeah. 
Japan funds a large amount of uh, development work in the region and supporting a lot of other Asian countries, mm-hmm. putting in urban water systems and mm-hmm. pu- uh, pumps and pipes and sewage treatment works. Um, the huge numbers of cities in Asia developing very rapidly and they're, they're demanding clean water supply, clean sanitation. So yeah, I like the word water... you said, demanding. They are. Uh, I was just in Japan recently and I fl- flew in and I'm looking down at the uh, country and first time I'd been there. And Alistair, I was just amazed at how beautiful and the the, uh, the roofs of the buildings, but they have grass on them to help the environment. And, yep. and, uh, and everywhere you go is considering the environment and respect of life, uh, concerns of life. Um, I, was, I was so surprised how proactive they are. You know, what do you believe with all that you've been learning? Why would they be more proactive than other countries have been proactive? I think the very, very limited amount of land, and okay. you, have to, you have to value what resources you've got. You can't waste land. I, I understand they have, um, I mean, the forestry policies have been very sustainable. That's my understanding. The, when you've got a limited resource, people actually value it and conserve it. Um, some countries, perhaps we've just taken it to, for granted and we've wasted and polluted the water resources far too much. And then... Mm-hmm. A generation or two later, we find we've got serious problems. Okay, that answer that that is makes sense. Um, uh, what, something else I want to ask you too is, what about the animals? Have you done uh, too much, any research with what's happening to our animals uh, out there, uh, like in different countries, to pr- protecting and some of the endangered uh, species of animals that are not getting enough water? Have you done, gotten involved in any of that? I haven't been that involved myself with the animal and the agriculture side. I mean, mm-hmm. we've, we've done a lot of work in Mongolia where we're providing water supply, help, mm-hmm. helping small towns and communities provide water supply um, both for humans and for their livestock because survival of their livestock is uh, essential to their survival in that, that, that extreme environment where, mm-hmm. where many Mongolians live in. Yeah, we've had yeah. on our show from... Um, parts of different countries where they were trying to, to protect some of the endangered species and uh, because of the lack of water. And there they, we've, we've remembered that the human life is affected, but their animals are being affected also. I worked in Indonesia after the tsunami, and the deforestation was a major issue. I mean, there was... Uh, You've got to go to our sponsor one more time, and uh, that's, let's come back to that. I want to hear what you learned there. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the only method of moisturizing your eye with just a mist. And we'll be right back with Alistair Morrison, who's with us from Stockholm, Sweden. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk.
Are you looking for tips, tricks, secrets, and techniques that you can use anywhere, anytime, on virtually any problem? Tune in to Magic at Your Fingertips with EFT virtuoso Teresa Bolin. You are a divine manifestation of love and light. Take back control of your life and create the life that you want using EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques. You'll overcome the obstacles that stand in the way of living your heart's desire. Magic at Your Fingertips airs live at 6 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern, and 10 p.m. in Japan on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Is your sexual relationship satisfying? Do you have a nagging question about sex and you can't find the answer? Tune into Sex in Our Cities with hosts Donna Kane Francis and Robin Potter Kimball. Two advanced practice registered nurses are here to answer all of your questions about sex and relationships. Each issue will be presented in an objective, unbiased perspective designed to educate and empower you to make healthy decisions and bring about change in your life. Sex in Our Cities is broadcast live Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. To succeed in life today, you have to respond well to change and be willing to take chances. On Star Style, Be the Star You Are, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan and her sidekick, daughter Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations with live interviews with trailblazers, authors, and experts. Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany on the Power Hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern on World Talk Variety. For positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio, it's Star Style. Be the star you are. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Alistair, when we took our break, you were telling us about another part of your uh, exploration and your what you've been busy doing. Tell us about that. Now, I worked for three years in Indonesia after the tsunami in Aceh, and I was part mm-hmm. of a unit from the United Nations Development Program, which was helping the government of Indonesia coordinate reconstruction, rehousing about a million people who had been made homeless after how, the tsunami. How many people were made homeless? I forgot. About a million in a Indonesia. Million. You know, let's stop and think for a second yeah. as you're going into that. Um, had you know in our lifetime did we ever imagine the power of water that that was um i mean all of it we're all learning what a tsunami really is the mm. power and the effects of the pe- oh my we all watched it on our television sets that had television 
of what what happened to the people, and and it was just shock. I mean, it happened within. You could be swimming in a swimming pool at a hotel, and then all of a sudden you're you've lost your life because here came a, a tsunami. It's it's incredible. You go down the beach on Ground Zero, the tsunami just west of Bandache, mm-hmm. and the you just look around and you see where foundations of houses used to be. Villages and people in their homes and living a life uh, in the village near there and uh, no warning signs. And uh, and then when you were involved there and you had to go in and help them out, what did you think, what was the priority to start with when when the tsunami was over? What was the first priority that you found had to be met? Well, the first priorities, uh, and one of the main priorities, again, was water and sanitation for Mm -hmm. about a million people without homes needed Mm -hmm. shelter Mm-hmm. There's there's a need for the for medical treatment for injured people, but the again you had a very large number of displaced people, similar to Pakistan today, mm-hmm. very high risk of water and sanitation diseases could break out, and I, I worked with um, we supported the government of Indonesia who led the effort to rebuild and rehouse people. This took it's probably drawing to a close now, but it's taken four or five years after the event is left is out of the headlines and there's a long and sustained effort is required to actually rebuild people's houses to get them resettled to get their livelihoods their jobs back in place uh something like uh, seven eight billion dollars was spent in Aceh to uh, rehouse and resettle people and it's been a great success story i mean the conflict mm-hmm. finished um there's an agreement that Given the circumstances, given the size of the natural disaster, there was, there was an independence conflict going on in that province. Mm-hmm. That was suspended and the peace agreement came through and people concentrated, working together to actually re- rebuild everybody's lives. Isn't that a story? Yeah. Um, now over in Haiti. Yes. That's another story. Yeah. 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 I have a lot of colleagues have worked there. And uh, again, sanitation in camps for displaced people is a real challenge. Um, once... Once the earthquake, once the major event of a disaster has happened, there's a lot of work which goes on for months or even years afterwards to to rebuild, to rehouse people, to get their jobs back, to get the economy moving, to get the health services working. Um, this isn't, it doesn't get into the headlines so much, the long, long-term aid effort afterwards, but it's got to be sustained until people are, are back on their feet. Mm-hmm. That's something that we should do more of here probably is when I find that there's been a, uh, a crisis disaster that maybe we could uh, create a chain reaction coming from our show and bringing the people on the spot to keep us informed. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like, uh, <laughs> uh, who do we choose to tell the world that uh, we're going to stay um, in touch with this news story? And uh, sometimes news stories uh, bother people, but... It is a time when you think that there's a crisis and a disaster that people have to be kept informed because they'll get involved in their everyday lives and they'll think it's all over and done when it is not. It's still that people are still suffering and we all share in that together because we are living on this planet together. And that's where I said to you today, uh, Years ago, uh, Alistair, when I decided to have a radio talk show, and people said, power of water? I said, yes. 
<laughs> I'm going to do it. That. And uh, look at I, I'm three and a half years later. But, uh, and the most exciting, you know, people like yourself make this show. To me, I enjoy it. I, I sometimes feel like uh, I should feel a little guilty because I enjoy the, the show so much that the guests make it possible for the world to know. There is a human mission going on. It began from the beginning. It is the water. It'll always be the water. It'll bring us all together, but it, it brings the, the issues of what the earth is whispering. The footprint to me, and they have different descriptions of footprints, but I have it this way. Leave your footprint because if you leave your footprint, the earth will be here forever and generations to come because we're doing this together. But it's got to be the priority of water. It's got to be pri- it's the priority. Now, in Sweden, tell us a little bit about uh, your country and the countries around you. Uh, uh, are you finding that you're, because you're living in that area, that you are able to get uh, uh, prioritizing water because that's where you live, or are you finding just as many challenges in your country as you are anywhere else in the world? Well, I moved to Sweden two years ago, and I've been very impressed with the um, the political prioritization and the... I'm based at the Stockholm International Water Institute, and every mm-hmm. year they have a large... Uh, international water conference it's happening in two weeks time they invite water experts from around the world to come here there's a prize ceremony i mean last year it went to the sulab foundation in india who've done a huge amount of work on sanitation um but the, the stockholm water prize is presented by you know the king and queen of sweden present this oh. to mm-hmm. practitioners in water so there's there's a whole uh, and that's coming in two here. weeks. Oh my gosh, we're going to have to get somebody time. from there to be on the show. So, or afterwards, maybe we can have you come on and tell us a little bit about uh, who won this year. And this prize, it's presented in the city hall. It's um, the same place oh. the Nobel prizes are presented for to honour an organisation or an individual who's made an outstanding achievement in mm-hmm. water, the water sector. Uh-huh. So uh, now, is this just in Sweden, and or is this the world? They're t- uh, they it's, the prize. It's a worldwide achievement, so it oh could my. be anybody in the world who's uh, nominated. Uh, well, we nomination only have we, we only have one more minute left. Uh, but tell us what, about what's happening real quickly uh, with this ha- in two weeks. I want to hear the whole title of it and what it, what it means. I, I I have to have it almost in one one minute. It's the World World Water Week, where two and a half thousand water professionals, uh, experts in the field, gather here in Stockholm, in Sweden, to discuss all these challenges that we've been talking about and to plan ahead work for the next year mm-hmm. and. An outstanding achievement, Chiva is honoured by Water Prize, presented by Swedish royalty to to, to recognise the work they did. I mean, last year, I was really pleased to see that uh, Sanitation, and uh, an Indian organisation, Kasula, won mm-hmm. this prize in Sanitation, and they got the respect. So, so, so often people in Water and Sanitation doesn't get mm-hmm. into the news as much as it should, but it's no. really heartening to see see them being honored at the highest level oh that's exciting that is that was a good way to end this uh segment i want to thank you for all you're doing and uh you know i always say that people make the difference and uh earth does have a secret you are doing it and uh, i want to thank you for joining us and i hope we can get you on again as soon as that um uh prize is awarded and we can find out who won the prize would you do that for us 
I can do. I'll be very Okay, pleased. well, thank you for joining us again, being with us today. And I wish you well. The weekend is coming up. And you be well. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. Sarah. Thank you. Well, I want to tell you, um, I've always said the, uh, the guests that come on to the Sharon Klein Hour, Power of Water, Earth's Human Mission, make this show possible. Uh, I could never do what they can do uh, to make it all so exciting, and the information is just beyond all imagination to me. You know, I wanted you to know that uh, the excitement of water on the Earth is because it began with the water. And always remember... Earth does have a secret, the water, but you embrace your life every precious moment. Earth is whispering, never say goodbye, because if you plan a day, every day, that you are going to do something special for somebody else, in other words, you're going to live away from the skin you're in, you're going to live in the air you're breathing, that breath of air, you will learn That earth has a whisper, it's natural, it's nature. You're going to be living with the earth. Earth's not going to live with you. You need to learn with the earth. I want to thank you for joining us today. It was a very special show for me. Thank you. You be well. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.